So, okay, let's turn our Bibles to one, uh, 3 John 1, verse 2. And there's only one chapter in 3 John, so in one sense it's 3 John 2. Let's just turn there this morning. And today we are in the second part of our three-week series that we're journeying through um, ahead of Vision Sunday on the 28th of January. And that's going to be a great Sunday. Make sure you're around for that. But before that, we are doing a three-part series that we began last week, a series that's all about positioning ourselves for a healthy and prosperous 2024. Now remember what we said last week was this, that you can't determine this year, 2024, um, what the world's going to look like. And we know that. If you switch on the news right now, the world is pretty crazy out there right now. And we can't determine that. We can pray for that. We can pray into that. Um, but we can't determine what the world will look like around us this coming year. You can't determine, sadly, how people are going to treat you this coming year over the next 12 months. You can't determine how people are going to respond to you positively or negatively over the next 12 months. You can't determine any of that. You can't forecast some of the things that are going to hit you by surprise and take the feet out from under you. You know, this past year, maybe there were things that you didn't see coming, you didn't plan for, but they happened. The reality is this coming year, there will be things that take you by surprise. We can't account or forecast or plan for any of those things, but what we can do is take responsibility this morning for saying, I'm going to position myself with God's help to do all that I can to have a healthy and prosperous 2024. So let's read uh, our foundational verse, which is found at the beginning of a letter that John writes um, to a man named Gaius, who was part of the early church. And this is what it says. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Now, as I said last week, that's mine and Kirsty's prayer for each and every single one of you who call Family Church haven't home this year, that each and every single one of you would understand and live in the power of a healthy and prosperous 2024. Now, last week we took some time to look at those two words that John uses, health and prosper. And we talked about how at times people have taken those two words and mishandled them and come out with something that's very unbiblical when it comes to a prosperity gospel that looks to money rather than to God. And we know the danger that has been done with that. But we also took time to look at what the Bible has to say about a correct understanding of health and prosperity according to what the Bible teaches. So that's available for you to listen. I'm not going to go over that again this morning for the sake of time. But you can hear that uh, online via our Family Church app or our website family.church forward slash listen but what I do want to do is build upon what we began last week so last Sunday we talked about having healthy priorities in 2024 because everything in your life this year will flow out of what your priorities are and so we talked about why priorities are so important we went on to speak very practically about how to set healthy and God-filled priorities this coming year now that's all well and good and important but the reality is that we can look into all of that and we can say, yeah, I'm going to set healthy priorities in 2024, but still live a life this coming year that isn't what God has ordained for us if we don't bring health to a certain key part of who we are. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, because I want to talk about having a healthy mindset in 2024, having a healthy mindset in 2024. See, we're now 14 days, believe it or not, already into this new year of 2024. I wonder 
what your mindset is heading into this year. Or another way of asking that question is, I wonder where your mindset or where your mind is set this year. Let me explain why I say that. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 2 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not just on earthly things. So we're all, I hope, I'm sure, hoping for a healthy and prosperous year this year. But we have to realize that a key component to us experience that kind of year, a healthy, prosperous, God-filled year, will in part be determined by where we set our mind this year. By what we choose to think, by what we choose to believe. Your thought life is that important. Now, statistically, apparently, they've worked out that Every single day, you think between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts every single day, depending on how much of a deep thinker you are. We are always thinking. And I know that when it comes to this kind of teaching, again, there are often extremes and polar opposites at times, and the truth is often found somewhere in the middle, right? So there is an extreme when it comes to teaching about our thought life and the, the mindset that we can have. There's an extreme over here that says something along the lines of, if you can think it, then it will come to pass. And you've probably heard this before. This is kind of the, the law of attraction that says, anything that I think, I can make manifest itself. Yet the reality is, that's not true. The Bible doesn't teach that to be true. And life tells us that that isn't our true experience, right? You can think something, but just because you think it doesn't mean it will come to pass. You can think, uh, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Right? As someone once said, I think about it every night and day, spread my wings and fly away. You can think that all you like, right? This afternoon, you run off a high-rise building, you flap your arms as hard as you want, you aren't going to fly. You're going to hit the ground very hard, it's not going to be nice. We can think certain things. I said a couple of weeks ago how I've become uh, an understanding, I'm gaining an understanding that I'm growing follically challenged at the back of my head. Now I can think, I can stand in front of a mirror and think, no, the hair is growing, it's not disappearing. But the reality is, every time the barber says, how's that for you? And they show you a mirror at the back, I'm like, no, please don't do that anymore. Let's, let's just cut out that bit. It doesn't matter what you think, it doesn't make it a reality, right? You can think, tomorrow morning, you can go to the bank account, you can walk into your branch and say, I think there's about three to four million in my bank account. You can think it doesn't mean that it comes to pass, right? So this extreme is not true. But then there's another extreme all the way over here that says it doesn't matter what I think, life just happens. I can't determine anything about my life by how I think. It, it just is set in motion. There's nothing I can change. This is just life. When actually this is what God's wisdom and God's word says to us somewhere in the middle of those two extremes. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a person thinks in their heart, so are they. The person you are and the life that you live does originate in what you think. And the quality of your life will sometimes be determined by the quality of your thoughts. See, as I've pastored people for nearing two decades now, I've seen this at work time and time again. That who you are doesn't necessarily determine how you live. It's who you think you are and believe yourself to be that will determine how you live. And there are so many people who out of a misunderstanding of who they truly are, are living a life that they were never meant to live. There are people who, because of their mindset, 
wear a mask, not being the real version of who they are, but they live under this banner of who they believe other people want them to be or need them to be. There are countless men and women every single night sleeping with as many different people as possible in order to find some kind of self-worth in their life. There are people who are hit, hooked to drugs or, or, or different things, alcohol. There are people who use work or hobbies as a form of escapism, trying to avoid who they are, not really understanding the power of who they truly are. It's not who we are, it's who we think we are that determines the life that we live. My dad has a cousin who's a multi-millionaire. Now, it hasn't been passed over to us just yet. <laughs> He's a multi-millionaire. He made a whole load of money in the late 80s, early 90s in computing, but you would never know it if you met him. He lives like a pauper. He buys budget things because of, sadly, things that have happened in his life and a mindset that he now has. He has everything at his disposal, yet he lives as though he doesn't. He's mean-spirited. He lived in a very small apartment with his mum and dad until they died. They needed medical assistance. He didn't provide for that. He locks himself away. He locks everything in his life. He's never given any bit of his money away. He has money just sat in a current account doing nothing. Why? Why does a millionaire live like a pauper? For the very same reason, I would dare to say, why a believer, a born-again believer, who the Bible says has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, who the Bible says has the spirit of the living God within them, the spirit of love and joy and peace and everything else, the same reason why someone like that would live the exact same life as their unsaved neighbor. Because it's not who we are often that determines how we outlive our life. It's who we think we are and who we understand ourselves to be that will determine how we live our lives. And for many people, the life that they're living right now, maybe including you, they are not happy. It could be changed by simply changing the pattern of thinking that they're living under. Maybe 2023 for you, if you were to look back and be honest about it, you would understand that you were constantly living in a negative spiral of thinking. Maybe you lived under this cloud in your thinking that caused you to think certain ways. God wants to change the pattern of thinking that you've begun to accept if it doesn't line up with the truth of his word. You say, well, what's this modern day teaching? No, it's in the Bible. This isn't anything new. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Because I want us to look at something that Paul taught. Ephesians 4, verse 22 to 24. He's writing to this church in Ephesus. And he says this, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new. Now, where does he say that we need to be made new? In the attitude of your mind. To put on your new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. Paul says, you know how you're going to bring change to your life. You know, he would say today, how you're going to live a healthy and prosperous 2024. Position yourself for that by being made new in the attitude of your mind, by changing your thinking. Now, this is all well and good, and it's easy for me to stand up here and say, this is a reality, this is a truth. But there is a problem with this. And the problem that some of you are already thinking internally, because you were constantly thinking, your thought is this, well, well what do I do... When I fought a certain way for so long. 
How do I change my thinking when it's almost ingrained and it's just an automatic response in my life? How do I change when I'm almost trained to default to a pattern of thinking that is constantly destructive? Now, let me tell you what we don't do, unless you want to see no change. What we don't do is say, well, this is the way I've always thought. There's nothing I can do about it. Ever find yourself thinking or saying that? This is who I am. I will never change. I can't change the way that I think it will never change. Because you see, on the one hand, you're right. If you don't think you'll ever change, chances are you probably won't. Because as a man thinks, as a person thinks, so are they. So in a sense, you're right. But just because you're right doesn't make it true. Because God's word shows us repeatedly that we can change our lives by changing the way that we think. So let's for a moment step into the classroom of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want us to look at something and again make this very practical this morning so that we can position ourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Are you with me this morning? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 says this, For though we live in the world... We all live in the world, right? Just check. We do, right? Okay. Glad this isn't the Truman Show or something like that. Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Everybody say divine power. To demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, here's the thing. If you've been in church for any amount of years, if you've been in church for many years, then you will have heard these verses many, many times before. If you've read your Bible, uh, however many times, you would have read this many, many times before. And yet, if I was to ask you the question this morning, is there an area of your life or your thinking that still needs to change? The honest answer would probably be yes. So let's just look at these verses once again, no matter how many times you have read through these verses, and let's see what the Apostle Paul is saying here. Paul says, there's a certain repeated way of thinking that if we allow it can cause us to come to a place where we are trapped. Now he labels it a stronghold. The original word that he used in the original language, because he didn't write this in English, was this word okaruma, which literally meant a fortress or a prisoner. So listen, it's a prisoner that is believing a lie as if it was true. It's a prisoner believing a lie as if it was true. Now, often when you hear this, the analogy that's often used that many of you will have heard before is the analogy of a baby elephant that is trained by the circus trainer. And if you don't know this, this is what happens that when an elephant is very young, they tie the elephant with a chain to a deep iron rod, anchor rod, that they dig down deep into the ground. And so the elephant, in order to train it, when it tries to pull away, it will feel pain because of how tight the chain is. And so every time it tries to pull away, it will feel that pain. And over time, this is what the elephant learns. When I try to move, this causes pain. When I try to pull away, this causes pain. And so over time, what they do is they replace this deep iron rod with just a simple wooden stake. And yet the elephant doesn't leave. The elephant continues to not pull 
away. And if you walked into the scene, you would think, this is ridiculous. The giant elephant could just run. The elephant, there's, there's nothing keeping him there. But you see, it's the thought in his mind and it's a repetitive thinking that says, every time I pull away, this causes pain that causes an elephant to remain there. It's not the wooden stake that's keeping an elephant there. It's the thought in the elephant's mind. That is a stronghold. And some of you have come into this year and you're hearing me talk about living a healthy and prosperous 2024. And you want that. And you desire that. And you crave that. But the problem is this. You are trapped in a stronghold. A stronghold that says, I could never go beyond this point. I could never leave this thing behind. I am chained to this thing forever. I could never have an intimate relationship with God. I could never be good enough, whatever that means. I, I could never build healthy relationships with other people. I'm, I'm always rubbish at setting boundaries in my life. I'm never going to lose this weight. I'm never going to get fit. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to pass these exams. I'll never change. I'll never be anything but who I am. I'll never be anything but addicted. This is just who I am. That is a stronghold. And some of you this morning are sat here. You love God. You worship God. But you are trapped in a stronghold. Some of you are trapped in a financial stronghold that causes you to worry about money all the time. Some of you are trapped in an addi- addictive cycle, an habitual stronghold where there's just a, a repeated cycle of behavior in your life that leaves you trapped fr- from pornography to cigarettes to, to Facebook to overeating. There's a destructive habit. Some of you have a personal stronghold where in your own mind you will never be good enough. Some of you have relational strongholds that causes you to to self-combust every time you're building a healthy relationship. You do something that just destroys that relationship because of your ingrained thinking. Some of you have a stronghold of fear that if you were to be honest has stopped you sleeping properly for years and that stronghold will trap you. That stronghold will hold you back and ultimately it will prevent you from living this healthy and prosperous life that God has ordained for you to live. This is how it's so important. You say, well, how do strongholds take a root in my life? They come as a lie that you allow to remain there in your mind and over time it begins to grow. Do you know that, as we've said before, Satan has a plan for your life. There is an enemy of your soul and he has a plan for your life. Just as God has a plan as he spoke it over the nation of Israel when they were in slavery and captivity in Babylon, he said it's going to be still for a few more years but eventually you're going to come out of this because I have plans for you Israel. I have plans to give you hope and a future and as Gentile believers today he has a plan and a hope and a future for each and every single one of you but the reality is that the enemy also has a plan to still kill and destroy everything that God has for your life how does he do it he uses the lie John 8 44 stick with me because this is important it says when he this is Jesus speaking he says when Satan lies he speaks his native language some of you can speak multiple different languages. I wonder what your native language is. Well, the devil, his native language is the lie. For he is a liar and the father of all lies. Satan has always used the lie. He used it in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He came to them and said, did God really say that about that tree? He uses the lie then and he uses the lie today in your life because he wants you taken captive to a stronghold that will limit you and ultimately ruin your world. 
And if you start believing the lie that Satan feeds you, it will always affect your life. Because as I keep underlining, you will always live out of what you think and what you believe. Do, do you know that this morning, right? For, for centuries, generations, they thought that the world wasn't round, that it was flat, and so it affected the way that they lived their lives. Some of you as kids growing up, you had things told you that because they were told to you, you believed them or, or they affected the way that you lived your life. For example, some of you had cheeky parents who said this, that if you pull a funny face at them, if the wind changes direction, your face will remain that way forever, right? Please don't tell me I was the only one who had that lie to it, right? Some of you are cheeky parents who said that to your children. Shame on you. God was watching. But effective a way that we lived. I've shared before, I had a brother who caused me to look at apples a certain way with fear because he told me, he's seven years older than me, he told me that if I ate the apple core and the seed accidentally got into my stomach, then that would grow a tree. And one day, it's a true story, that they, they heard it in different parts of the world. These things were happening where trees were bursting out of stomachs because they'd eaten the apple core and the seed. Shame on him. We believe things, but you know what? As we grow into adulthood, the enemy comes with lies, and they're a whole lot more serious, and they're a whole lot more sophisticated, but they're just as ridiculous. They're just as laughable. Jesus says Satan is a liar. It's what he does. It's who he is. And if we believe a lie, it will take us captive. But here's the good news. I've given you a whole lot of bad news. Here's the good news. Because earlier he says this in John 8, 32. But you will know the truth. And the truth will do what? The truth will set you free. Amen? Do we believe that this morning? The truth will set you free. How many of you want to be set free from every lie right now in your life that is keeping you captive and in bondage to the life that God has for you? Some of you may have stepped into 2024 believing a lie that is going to hinder you from experiencing and doing and accomplishing all that God has for your life. Jesus is clear. There is another way. But if you begin to see the deception and the lie of the enemy for what it is, then the truth will set you free. What is that lie that you are believing right now? What is that stronghold that has got a hold of your life and is stopping you from living this healthy and prosperous life that God has for you? Is it that you're worthless? And so because of that lie, you allow people to look down upon you. You look down upon yourself and you're constantly speaking negative things over your life. Is it that you're never going to be set free and you're always going to be defeated? Is it that you're always going to be addicted and fearful and negative and stuck? Is the lie that you're always destined to be alone in your life? Is the lie that God's love for you is based upon your performance? Is the lie that God could never use you because your past is so messed up? Is the lie that you could never have a close relationship with God like others. It's the lie that everybody is out to get you. Now, as I said earlier, your response may be this, well, I've always thought this way. And you may even have used some of the weapons of the world, as Paul talks about. You may have used counseling. You may have used self-help books. And I'm not against those things. Don't mishear me this morning. I've used those things. They can be incredibly helpful in your life. But Jesus says, or Paul says, the divine power, God's power to demolish strongholds is found in the very truth of God's word. Amen? And not only did God save that over our lives, but Jesus, the Word made flesh, proved that to be true in the way that he lived. Let me explain that. Matthew chapter 4, 
we get a moment where Jesus has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And we, if you know the account in Matthew 4, if not read it another time, Satan comes to him and tries to tempt him. And three times he tries to tempt him, three times Jesus responds from the word and eventually the Bible says that the devil gave up and just disappeared. Why? Because the word of God says resist the devil and he will flee from your life. But I love the way that the message paraphrased. Now I wouldn't advise you to read the message as the only translation that you read. But I love the way that the message paraphrase highlights this section of scripture because it really opens up how simple this can be for us to do. When Satan tempts Jesus with food, the message paraphrase says this in Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. Satan tempts him again, verse 7. The message says, Jesus countered with another citation from Deuteronomy. Satan tempts him a third time. Listen to what Jesus does, verse 10. Jesus' refusal was curt. Beat it, Satan. He backed his rebuke with a third quotation from Deuteronomy. Listen, just like Jesus did, when Satan tries to feed you a lie, we can say, get out of here, Satan. You do not belong here because the Bible says, the word says, it is written. It says here in the book of Galatians. It says here in the book of James. It says here in the book of Romans. So you can get out of here, Satan, because the Bible tells me that it is written. And and you know what happens before long when you commit to doing this? Because you can't just do this once and think everything's going to change. You, you fought a certain way for many a year in certain parts of your life. So it's going to take commitment. It's going to take time to do it this new way. But when you begin to use the word of God over time, what will begin to happen is you'll begin to renew your mind. And over time, this will become a whole lot easier and a whole lot more automatic in your life. That's why the Bible is so important. Do we know that this morning? The Bible is not another book to be on the bookshelf. It is the living word of God to us. It is God's word and God's wisdom over our life. It has to be our daily bread. What is your lie? It is your lie that you are rejected and unwanted. It is written that you've been adopted into the family of God and you are a chosen generation. Amen. Well, what is your lie? Is it that you were a mistake and that you weren't meant to be? Maybe people spoke that over your life and you've been carrying that truth or not, not the truth, but what you've been believing in your life that you weren't meant to be, that you came out of nowhere. The Bible says that God formed you in your mother's womb, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It is written that every day of your life was recorded in his book before one of them came to be it is written in God's word that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for you to do what is your lie is your lie that you're dirty and shameful it is written that in Jesus you are forgiven you are justified you are redeemed you are made brand new it's the it's a lie that the past will always haunt you it will always keep you from being used well it is written that you in Christ are a new creation do we believe this this morning old things have passed away behold all things have been made brand new it is written that nothing can separate you from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus our Lord it is written that his grace is sufficient for you what is your lie is your lie that you are worthless it is written you were brought at a price the precious blood of Jesus Christ and you belong to God what is the lie is it that you'll always be addicted no 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 it is written that you have been given divine power to demolish strongholds what is the lie that you have to be reliant on sleeping around or alcohol or possessions or wealth or a momentary high in order to feel good no it is written you are complete in Jesus Christ and you lack nothing 
What is your life that you'll never achieve? You'll always be held back by fear. It is written, you don't have a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. And God working in you is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above all that we dare to dream or imagine. It, what's your lie? Is it that you're powerless to ever come out of this chasm that you're in? And, and the enemy's always going to have it over you. No, it is written, the spirit of a living God dwells within your life and greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world it is written and when you reject what you've believed your whole life which was wrong and you believe the truth the truth will set you free the lie will put you in bondage the truth will set you free okay let's wrap this up final verse psalm 124 verse 7 this is from a psalm where David's just talking about it, but I saw this this week. And what a beautiful image of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, not just this morning, but over the coming weeks and over the coming months. David says so that we could live a life of abundance and a life of health and spiritual prosperity this year. We escaped like a bird from the hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free. God wants to break the trap this morning. God wants to set you free with truth. Some of you are sick and tired of a lie that has been holding you back and keeping you hostage. Some of you, it's been stopping you living a spiritually healthy and prosperous life. I know the Spirit of God is upon this word. Last night, as I slept, um, Kirsty will tell you, unfortunately she then didn't sleep much afterwards, but... As I slept, she said, uh, as she suddenly came to, and I was, I was whimpering, I was whimpering, and suddenly I, I cried out and, and let out a cry, and she was like, you'll wake the kids or whatever. But what was going on was, it was a night terror, and I, I said to her this morning, when I was thinking about it, I said, it felt like somebody was suffocating me, like somebody was suffocating me, and there was a, a night terror. I know what was happening now. I see it now as I'm preaching the word this morning that the enemy wanted to silence the voice of God over your life because this is powerful. This can set you free. Devil, you lost. Apart from the fact my wife didn't sleep very well, but she'll have a, an incredible night of sleep tonight because the enemy wants to silence the truth. The truth will set you free. If you've been believing a lie your whole life and the Holy Spirit's revealing it to you, even as I speak, or maybe later on you need to just sit and say, why do I always respond this way? Why do I always think this? What is the lie that you are believing? Here's what I want you to do. If you're taking notes now, or maybe you need to do this, maybe it would be better to do this later, just in a place of devotion before God. I want you to write down that lie. Because so often we don't explore these things, we just allow them to remain. We kind of in the back of our mind know that this is, I want you to see it for what it is. I want you to write down that lie. And I want you to then to find a truth in God's word that counteracts that lie. Several truths. You say, well, I'm, I'm a new Christian. We will help you with this. Speak to a friend. Speak to somebody in the church. Speak to your connect group leader. Speak to one of the pastors. We will help you with this to equip you. And here's what I then want you to do. I want you to use it as a spiritual weapon, that truth. Remember last year we, we spoke about the armor of God and we talked about the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
that every time the enemy comes at you with a lie, it's an opportunity for us to use the sword of the Spirit, God's truth, God's word, to counteract that lie. We need to know where the sword of the Spirit is. It's the word of God. We need to know how to pick it up. We need to know how to use it, how to let it do its effective work. That's how we take ground spiritually. That's how we demolish strongholds that have held us captive for too long. We've got to pick up the sword. We've got to use the sword, which is the word of God. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to do that over and over and over and over again. Because it doesn't happen like, yes, yes, the Holy Spirit sets you free. The Holy Spirit sets you free in one moment, but the mind still needs to be renewed. The reality is when you became a born-again believer, everything that God had for you is yours, right? Don't let the enemy lie to you that you are lacking nothing. You are complete in Jesus Christ. Every spiritual blessing is yours in Jesus Christ this morning. You are everything that he has for you, but the mind unfortunately hasn't yet been renewed that's our responsibility and so this isn't about think it and it will come to pass this is about renewing the mind this is about undoing years some of you decades of wrong thinking in your life but I promise you if you make yourself accountable to somebody who just loves you and just comes alongside you and if you say I'm going to commit to this truth over this lie that there will be times when the lie comes back at you no 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 you just respond with the truth And as you, it's not just about just thinking it, imagining it away. This is about saying, no, God, this is what you speak over my life. As a man thinks, as a person thinks, so are they. Do you know what? All of a sudden, as your mind is renewed, everything will change around you. Your responses will change. Some of you have been trying so hard to change your responses, it begins with a mind. Some of you have been trying so hard to change your behavior, it begins with a mind. And as your mind is renewed with who God has now made you to be, as you're made new in the attitude of your mind. You've already been made new in the spirit. But as you're made new in the attitude of the mind, everything will begin to fall into place. You will be given the divine power to demolish strongholds in your life. The truth will set you free so that you can live a healthy and prosperous 2024. Amen. Let's just pray as we just wrap up this morning. Don't rush off afterwards. and encourage you to stick around for tea and coffee. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is truth. I thank you, Lord, that your, your word is living, it's active. It's not just historical truth, it's truth for today. It's our truth. So at a time when so many people are asking the question, what is truth? At a time when we're living in supposedly a post-truth generation. No, we will be the people of God who know what the truth of God is in our lives. We will live according to your truth. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit, you would rise to the surface of people's thinking even right now. The lie that they have been grappling with. The lie that they have been believing. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for an outbreak of freedom, not by a magic trick but by your word renewing our minds. Lord, we commit to change. We commit to your truth. We will not say this will never change. We declare that with God's help, this can change. We declare that by the power of the Holy Spirit working within us, this will change. And devil, we declare your time is up. As it says, beat it, Satan. Your time is up. Because the truth of God's word is ruling in our lives, in our church, in our emotions, in our workplaces, in our families, in our young people, in our schools, in the universities. Lord, we want your truth to reign. And if you're in agreement, just say amen this morning. Let's give God praise for his truth.
in our lives. God bless you all and have a great week.